now for something completely different. Welcome to Shout Out. Out of the closet and into your ears. Hello, I'm Matthew Tosh and with me this week is Steffi Barnett. We are all stage lights and cameras this week as we talk to the creator of the new movie called Firebird. Whilst on stage we hear from the cast of a forthcoming production of Rent here in Bristol. We look at the origins of Lesbian Visibility Week and we have some fabulous new music releases. Sounds like there's plenty to tantalise your earbuds and speaker cones. So stick around, you're very welcome to this week's shout out. It's lovely to be on air with you uh, this week, Steffi. I know, right? You are so privileged, Matthew. Well, I, well you might say that, but I, you know, I, I think I, was, I just did. If I was being a little bit more, you know, concerned or cynical, I'd be saying, you know, this, the producer has, is almost sitting on my lap. Are you here to keep an eye on me? Absolutely, always. Make me very nervous. Uh, but it's not just me and Steffi this week. We also have Ez and Terry. On I the am news here. Desk. <laughs> This is true, yes. And what a glorious day it's been today. Oh, it's lovely at the moment, isn't it? I even had a vegan salted caramel ice cream. That yes, a, that's must, a thing. We it must is. Thank Ez actually this evening. She's brought in <laughs> some Love Raw is the brand vegan chocolate, and um, it's very very nice. I've been eating it already. Vegan bueno. Oh, oh I, could, nice. I, I feel like I could. Can I ask? Is that, that is that like carob chocolate? Because you get that carob chocolate is like a barky sort of no, stuff. No, it? it's very very sweet. So I think the main ingredients to make the soya uh, to make the soya to make the chocolate is um, soya and um, sugar. Sugar and coconut, yeah, coconut well, oil. Yeah. Is it coconut oil? Is that how they make white white vegan chocolate? Could be. Yeah. Mm. Oh, I feel like Intriguing. I should know this. I've let myself down. This would not be my topic on Mastermind. <laughs> <laughs> really? really? <laughs> it would just be. I have no idea. I just like to eat it. it just well, you're lucky. Nice. This is only shout out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's very true. Uh, very good. Uh, now I've been talking uh, just before we came on air. We were talking about some uh, news from the uh, Olympic gold medalist Katie Archibald, weren't we? We were. And um, she's declared that uh, trans athletes have been let down by inclusion policies in the sporting world. And I say go, Katie, because there's been a lot of anti uh, stuff. And someone's, you know, it's really encouraging when more uh, high profile people speak out um, on behalf of trans people. Well said. I yeah, I mean, I don't actually read or watch what I suppose some would call mainstream news, um, mainly since COVID, if I'm completely honest. But recently, I've got to say it's because it's so incredibly distressing to continuously see the onslaught um, and negative stance and discriminative stance and transphobic stance, mm. like on on pages and pages every day of the news. Pretty much every day, I've read a, a transphobic article yeah. or an article about um, conversion therapy or something to do with certain people lying. <laughs> um, you know, and it's so for somebody to actually say something that is really supportive of of the trans community. I just think it couldn't have come. About. I mean, obviously, every day it would be lovely if. I could read somebody was saying something supportive but when somebody's also in the sporting field you know mm. I, I feel like that is such a you know that voice needs to be heard but the mainstream media tend to pick up 
um, on negativity, don't they? Because it's clickbait if they put something that's yeah. really harsh, and only half of the well, story. And they keep going on and on about science, um, but as the uh, Guardian pointed out, um, she was saying it's wrong for governing bodies to ignore the science that shows trans women who have gone through male puberty have a retained advantage in strength, stamina and physique. And she's, so she's making people sort of... It's not, she's not just giving an opinion, is she? She's actually saying, right, science, guys. Like, can we like literally bring it back to the facts, which is, I love facts. I don't want to hear people's opinions anymore. And of course, that's what we try to do here on, <laughs> on, on Shout Out as well, because it, it, it's really easy to get drawn into all that, all that negativity. We try and present as, uh, as balanced a picture uh, as possible on, on all the topics. And of course, we'll have this week's news from the news team uh, a little bit later. But let's get the, the show going, shall we? Because um, our first feature is from Ezra, and it's about Lesbian Visibility Week. We'll, uh, we'll take a listen. Every 25th of April since 2008, women who love women begin celebrating Lesbian Visibility Week when the community comes together to celebrate and commemorate the achievements of a group of people which has for so long been marginalised. And it is the brainchild of Diva Media Group's Linda Riley and is an established regular annual event in the Equality Calendar. Riley said that in 2008 they worked with their colleagues at Diva magazine, which Riley publishes, where they came to the conclusion that a single day was simply insufficient to shine a light on some of the amazing women in our community and also to be able to celebrate who we are without fear of prejudice, harassment or vilification. She said, Because I am fortunate to be able to leverage Diva as an established platform, it is, after all, one of the world's most widely read and longest established titles for LGBTQI plus people. Gathering support from other LGBTQI plus organisations was fairly straightforward, and it was not long before GLAD, Stonewall, Kaleidoscope, UK Black Pride, AKT, LGBT Foundation, Mermaids and the Peter Tatchell Foundation and many others came on board. These organisations all agree that lesbians need to be shown in a positive light. Riley continues when saying that for far too long they have been fetishised by the heterosexual male gaze as little more than the stuff of sexual fantasy while, at the same time, a small number of cisgender lesbians whose opposition to the rights of our trans siblings has become ever louder and more toxic and has led to some to believe that all lesbians are transphobic bigots. I can assure you that this is not the case, which is why I am committed to celebrating all under the LGBTQIA plus umbrella. The transphobia of a small minority in our community has caused concern that the word lesbian is now inextricably linked to the diminution of trans rights, leading some, especially the younger generation, to askew the moniker in favour of alternatives which they perceive as less contentious, queer often being the objective of choice. I believe that people should be able to identify however they like and during Lesbian Visibility Week we celebrate all sexualities and all labels but it's also important that we reclaim the L in LGBTQIA plus and represent it as being fully inclusive, accepting and respectful as I believe the vast majority of cisgender lesbians are. Lesbian Visibility Week aims to show solidarity with every woman within the LGBTQIA plus community, as well as celebrate lesbians. It's essential that Lesbian Visibility Week is a voice for unity and lifts up all women, especially those who come from marginalised communities. Recent research conducted by Pride in London 2018 has shown that gay women are almost twice as unlikely to be out in the workplace as gay male colleagues. 
Building on this, it is even more important that there's a week that recognises, celebrates and importantly supports lesbian, bisexual, trans and queer women across the UK and beyond to be their true selves and work at home and socially. Lesbian Visibility Week is supported by the Diversity Umbrella Foundation and this year it begins on Monday 25th of April and ends on Sunday 1st of May. Like other visibility and awareness days, there's many ways you can get involved with Lesbian Visibility Week. There are tons of free events throughout the week and to see exactly what's going on, check out www.lesbianvisibilityweek.com. To finish with a quote from Anne Lister, a now very famous lesbian. I know my own heart and understand my fellow man, but I am made unlike anyone I have ever met. I dare to say I am like no one in the whole world. I love and only love the fairer sex, and thus beloved by them in turn, my heart revolts from any love but theirs. And as Riley says, much has been achieved, of course, and we celebrate that progress during Lesbian Visibility Week, but there is so much more to do, and I, for one, will not rest until we're all honoured, celebrated and respected equally, regardless of our sexual orientation or gender identity. And for all LGBTQI plus people, a moving poem that tells a story of us wanting to be seen in a world where we feel heard, safe, loved and valued. In another life, I'll reach for her hand and no one will wonder if we're friends or something more. In another life, I'll kiss her in the streets to our favourite song and no one will look at us like we're doing something wrong. Happy Lesbian Visibility Week to all. Shout out. LGBT Radio for you. Now we have a first of our brand new tracks this week. This one is from LA Laura Paris and she's here to give us a little introduction. Hello guys, it's LA Laura Paris. I'm a pop electro singer and I'm so excited to share with you today my pop glittery world where everyone is free to kiss whoever they want to kiss. Yeah, if you want to make out, now you're at the right spot. You should check out my new song and music video, Kissing Boys, There's a Lot of Kissing. And I'm also a director. I won an award for my first music video. And so this one, Kissing Boys, was filmed in Paris, Los Angeles, and Burning Man. And oh my God, it was so much fun because my goal was to represent all those different people kissing, all ages, all genders, all colors, just love. And yeah, I think it's so important to stay true to who you are and be who you want to be and love whoever you want to love. So be yourself and never let anyone decide for you. Listen now to my new song, Kissing Boys. The Shout Out Podcast. And if you're wondering what this is, this is LA Laura Paris. She describes herself as a young yet complete artist with true artistic signature uh, fed with strong convictions and a lot of determination. Uh, she's sensitive to the uh, rainbow flag, the values of the rainbow flag, and actively campaigning for equal rights and respect for difference. Her new single, Kissing Boys, which you've just heard there, is released on April 29th, I believe, Steph. Yeah. Yeah. Good track. I like that. This is good. It's got getting... like a haunting. It has, actually. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Well yeah. done, LA. Good. Yeah. Good. Uh, yeah, so good track. Very, very good. Right. Um, we are on to our interview now. And Andy has been talking to Tom Pryor about Firebird. Here in the UK, we celebrate equality and diversity. But as we well know, it hasn't always been the case. In some countries across the world at the moment, it is still illegal to be gay, sometimes even carrying very heavy penalties. 
Russia is no different, currently has laws banning homosexual propaganda. But if you go back to the 1970s Soviet era, it was even worse, with homosexuality carrying a sentence of five years hard labour. In a new film out now, based on the memoir of Sergei Fetisov, Firebird, co-written by and starring Tom Pryor, explores the true life story of a forbidden love story between two men in the Russian military. Do you have a girl back home? <laughs> no. Do you? I could show him around. I'm afraid of this dream, of waking up, of losing you. A report has been received implying you have engaged in immoral conduct with the private. Give me his name. We could escape. Sergei, I'm an officer. I can't leave my motherland. Sexual relations of a man with another man, which is punishable by five years imprisonment in a hard labor camp. If there is the slightest truth in that report, nobody can protect you then. I see what goes on on the manhouse. I knew it. You know what happens to men like you? Like me? What do you then? You really believe that if you live a lie long enough, it'll suddenly become true? You don't know anything about me. We were lucky enough to catch up with Tom just before opening night. Uh, well, uh, firstly, thanks a lot for having me. Love Firebird really is a story about a conscript in the Soviet army who falls in love with a superior officer, his uh, as a fighter pilot. And it's really uh, a story which is about following your heart and following love pretty much at all costs. And it follows their journey on the Air Force Base and sort of several years afterwards about how they fight to be together and fight to be with who they really love. Tom, how did you come about finding this story? Well, I was in Los Angeles at the end of 2014. I had just shot two films here, actually, in the UK, Kingsman, The Secret Service, and The Theory of Everything, which I'm in for about three seconds. And I had gone over to LA and took a lot of meetings. And actually, funnily enough, the one meeting I had, which had nothing to do with the sort of agency and the reason why I was actually in LA and was was just sort of more of an acquaintance, was actually with a film financer and a producer. And she had actually just read Peter Rabain's first draft of Firebird, which was actually then called Roman. And he had just put together this this early draft and she started telling me about the story and she was like you'd be really good to play the lead in this film and I was really intrigued by the story and so when um, I got back to London she introduced us and uh, we got on super well and you know realized that we'd be able to work together and so we decided to shoot um, two scenes to sort of industry standard as a proof of concept like a sort of teaser trailer and it was actually during that process that I decided I had the sort of audacity to say, do you know, maybe we can change like the dialogue between or there. Um, well, she was amazingly receptive on and uh, very graciously took my feedback. And then after that, 
we uh, sat down for about two weeks and discussed the rest of the script and you know what what, what I believe the, you know the film's real potential could be and and then two and a half years of rewriting restructuring and redrafting and uh, going to Moscow to meet the real Sergei and and you know speak to him about his story um, we came up with a, a pretty good result in terms of a script but then obviously we had to do everything else and raise the financing and and the casting <clears throat> so yeah then I became a producer as well so yeah it was it was never it was never intended to come about that way but that's sort of how it came about which was quite magical uh, tell us about because you, you met the guy whose memoir the story is based on um he was quite insistent from what I understand that it shouldn't be something political but of course, it's not easy to tell a story like this and completely ignore the politics, because of course that's kind of what is causing the issue in the first place around the homophobia in it. I mean, how did you go about tackling that? Yeah, it was it was kind of interesting. It was that he said, "Please don't make this film about politics. Make it about love." And I see very much the reason why he wanted to do that, because actually in the original story, the love between the two guys is so kind of all-encompassing that there's almost no context of that threat. There is, but like it, it's not the kind of focal point. So it was kind of really our job as screenwriters to go, okay, where's the line in which it becomes believable or not? Because actually one of the main things that we asked him when we met him was like, you know, would, did this actually happen? Or, you know, this sound, sounds like idyllic or, or fantastical because the love was sort of so all encompassing. So we kind of decided that he was, he was not, he didn't say like, you know, we had to do anything particularly with the way that the story was told other than like, it was kind of really more about an intention. And so we really wanted to make it really about this sort of souls coming together and two people being together, no matter what. It, it does. It comes across really well in, in the movie. I mean, the, the whole, it's kind of a, triangle isn't it not 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 quite but the, the, you do end up almost with like the three of them in the relationship and i don't don't want to give away any spoilers but the way it concludes i thought was was stunning you know i mean it, cool. it was it brought brought a tear to my eye too so i mean what what do you think kind of people should take away from this film when they watch it i'd really love if people come out of it feeling a little bit more courageous about following that heart about like you know, going after love. That's something that it's certainly done for me. It's its forced me to become more and more authentic about what I want in my life, who I am. And I think that the story shows us in a quite a cathartic way what real deep love can feel like. And also what, you know, I don't want to give anything away, but what <laughs> other emotions can feel like as, as well around love and, you know, what people do to struggle to be with those that they love. It's, it's honestly astonishing that so many people in the world live in countries or in societies where it's actually illegal to simply love the person that they love. And that still to this day utterly breaks my heart. And that's why I think that, you know, even when we live in countries like the UK and, and in America and many other countries where there's huge progression, it's still very important to keep in check even that message of kind of going, am I following like my truth? Am I following love and and experiencing and 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 sort of being able to do that so that's something i'd really love people to be able to take away you captured um you captured the scenery of soviet baltic states um the vehicles the buildings the people the uniforms everything was so accurate how did you find all that well we were blessed with a really amazing team i mean 
Peter uh, Rubain, my, my co-writer and the, and the director of the film, grew up in the Soviet Union, as did our cinematographer and many of our um, crew. And so when it came to accuracy, there was a lot of very sharp eyes because so many people had actually lived through that era. It's very poignant, Tom, isn't it, that the um, Ukraine's just been attacked and Putin wants to start another Soviet Union sort of Mark II. Yeah. You couldn't have known that this was going to happen. And now this film is being released now across the UK. You couldn't have known. And yet you've just hit the right time of to show what the Soviet Union was like and what Putin mm. wants now for Ukraine. Yeah. Having struggled for so long to get this film out, especially during the pandemic, uh, had its own challenges. And it's kind of almost just like the film knew itself when it had to come out, which is kind of surreal. And, you know, it's not to also say that, it, you know, it's it's amazingly timely, but also what's going on in Ukraine is, is unbelievably sad. But yeah, it, it's it's been really amazing to also see how the response has been because, you know, we have lost one of our partnerships uh, through who was going to show the film, not in the UK, in a different territory because of the war. And because they were like, oh, you know, it's a Russian content. We were like, this is the very film which Russia wanted to ban because when we were at the International Moscow Film Festival, which we miraculously got into, it was silenced and it was effectively closed down and they stopped letting people into the theatre. The, the problem is it kind of proves the whole point, doesn't it? You know, the, the, the whole point of this is to highlight what it was like. What's most worrying is it's also what it's still like. Yeah. I mean, you know, in, in 1977, when the film is, well, when the film begins anyway, the, the article which uh, forbids um, same-sex relationships would result in going to a hard labour camp for five years and that a lot of people didn't come back from. It was like a concentration camp. Given that this is a huge success, would you consider doing it again with a different story if you found a different memoir or someone else you've written something about it? Would you do it all over again? Oh, absolutely. Uh, so listen, um, premiere was out last night, 20th of um, April. Um, when, when, when can everyone go see it? Where can they see it? Basically now, which is really cool, we've we've uh, we've honestly we're thrilled with actually how wide it's going to open from what we actually originally anticipated. So, View Cinemas has been amazingly generous at programming us a lot, um, and in quite a few of their sites, and also Showcase Cinemas. Um, there's quite a few screenings on, and then there's a few little indie independent um, cinemas as well, and also you know. I know that more cinemas are open to seeing how the film does and are, you know, kind of on the fence now about opening afterwards as well. But I mean, what I would really urge people to do is go now simply because the independent cinema scene is so unpredictable. So it'd be like, if you want to see this on a big screen and people have said it's a, it's a, a big movie screen experience, um, because of you know it's kind of actiony and and beautiful shots and stuff, then I'd be like, go and see it in the cinema now. From Friday officially opens twenty second. First thing my husband said, he said that's so good, I've got to go see that in the cinema. Yeah, <laughs> so I, I'd highly recommend that. Go see it while it's in the cinema. Listen, Tom, it's been amazing talking to you. Um, thank you so much for your time, and best of luck. I hope it has the best uh, opening uh, possible for you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Tom. Wow. <laughs> 
shout out. LGBT Radio for you. You heard Andy Shilton there talking to Tom Pryor. Now, that was actually an edited interview and in a special edition, we're actually going to offer you the full unedited interview on our podcast page. Now, to access that, you need to go to our website, which is shoutoutradio.lgbt, and it'll also be available on the usual places. The Shoutout Podcast. Oh, yes! You know, the studio's bouncing. Terry's rolling around his chair. Actually, Bob, I actually saw Terry's head going up and down to the music in time. Well, it was uh, a little bit less damaging than Ezra on the desk. I'm on a yoga ball, so, you know, I bounce a bit better than you. It's good for the back. Right, your starter for 10, Mm. team. Oh, go on. Hands on the red buzzer. Yeah. What was the original of this song? Oh! Life in the Northern Town by G. McCann. Oh, oh, for goodness sakes, Terry! You didn't push your buzzer! (laughs) Disqualified. Disqualified. (laughs) Home to the rest of the team. I can't remember what he said. (laughs) No idea. Let me just rewind the system and I'll find (laughs) So, just just clarify, because what was the original again? Life in a Northern Town by Dream Academy. Uh, They were all classically trained. Dream Academy. Uh, I think they were only really a kind of a one-hit wonder sort of band. They were only yeah, they a did couple a, of They did they some albums, yeah. um, but that was their biggest. And obviously, yeah. Dario G heard that and thought, whoa, I'm mm. having some of that. I'm having some of that, yeah. And it's a great, it's a great reworking as well, isn't oh, it? I mean, that yeah. really takes me back to the mid-90s. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the clubbing days. Oh, I'm, I'm there now. Yes, right. Um, listen, <laughs> incidentally, if you're listening and you're thinking, what are they going on about? I don't hear any music. Then it means you're listening to our podcast version. We don't put the music on the podcast version if you want to hear the music versions you need to tune into one of our partner stations just go to our website to find out who they are right without further ado the news team are knocking at the desk so it's time to introduce them this is shout out news on thursday the 21st of april BBC News Channel reports that thousands of Bristol residents have signed a petition against a performance at the Tobacco Factory Theatre in the city called the Family Sex Show. But Bath-based Egg Theatre Company have revealed that their provocatively titled performance piece, which will include non-sexual nudity, has in fact been designed with the high-level input of educationalists and child-safeguarding experts. They say that far from the petitioners' charge that they are sexualising children, the theatre piece will empower youngsters to understand what is appropriate and inappropriate as they grow up, and that the work is designed to help children avoid exploitation. Bristol therapist and sex education specialist Stephanie Healy or Haley, sorry, said she can see how it could seem scary for some parents, but urged them to be brave. Furthermore, the originators of the show explain that the show will reassure gender nonconformist and gay children. Some bloggers have suggested that the reason for the petition is thinly disguised homophobia and transphobia, and one said these 30,000 Mary Whitehouse prudes cannot be allowed to censor the theatre. They'll be burning books next. The Stokescroft area of Bristol has been a countercultural centre of the city for some decades, boasting all manner of radical cooperative businesses such as Fourmarks Bookshop, Black River Books, Smiling Chair Squat and Cafe and many others. 
Today, despite gentrification, the district is still full of independent businesses, and several that deserve an especial LGBTQIA plus mention this week are Take 5 Cafe and the Vintage Market. Take 5, which has been trading for 25 years, has always been fiercely gay-friendly, but now has a rainbow display on its main windows, proclaim it to be a fully inclusive and LGBT plus friendly zone. Meanwhile, the Vintage Market flies the peace variation of the rainbow flag. This initiative is full of small stalls selling records, books, decor and clothing. So, if you're in the district any time, check out these venues and others that have statements of LGBTQIA friendliness, such as Kino and the art shop Things From Here. North Somerset LGBT Plus Forum are holding a jumble sale in the picturesque seaside resort of Porter's Head to the west of Bristol on Sunday 24th of April. The event will take place at the Beacon Hub on Porter's Head High Street from 1 o'clock until 5.30. There will be stores for jumbles and bric-a-brac including handmade items and LGBTQ Plus themed merchandise. There will also be a prize tombola. And play your cards right, as well as community and support stalls from support services located throughout North Somerset. Voluntary sector groups and non-for-profit organisations are welcome to get involved and have a stall in the centre of the day. If your group is interested, email support at nslgbtforum.com. Sylvia Lancaster, who campaigned tirelessly for the rights of subcultural groups, including goths, punks and heavy metalers, to live their lives free from prejudice, has passed away after a spell of illness. Her daughter, Sophie Lancaster, was murdered by a mob of youths at the age of just 20 in 2007, and Sylvia spent the remainder of her life opposing prejudice against subcultures. Many LGBTQIA people are or have been involved in many subcultures, and punk and goth clubs have traditionally welcomed members of our community. In Bristol, the former gay pub, The Griffin, is now a heavy metal and gothic venue, but still very much welcomes same-sex couples and gender non-conformists, as does their associated record shop, Black City Records. LGBTQIA people often show solidarity to people in counter and subcultures and welcome them to our venues and pride events. United we stand. Well, that was a message that Sylvia Lancaster carried with her throughout her campaign work. British activist journal Peace News carries an article by Rebecca Alison Watkins on the superb service offered by the current incarnation of London's LGBTQI Community Centre on Hopton Street. She notes that as a queer disabled woman, the centre provides accessible services when the commercial scene can be difficult to access. She writes, visitors are always greeted warmly. There is literature, conversation, debate and the exchange of ideas. There are workshops, crafting sessions and free HIV testing. And where else in... Bankside, can you get a decent coffee for two quid? The fundraising teams are hoping to secure funds to establish a more permanent home for the centre. If you have any spare cash and would like to donate, then the centre would love to hear from you at londonlgbtqcentre.org. Rainbow Migration, which supports LGBTQIA plus asylum seekers and refugees, has joined with many other organisations to oppose the UK government's plans to send refugees to the African state of Rwanda if they attempt to enter the United Kingdom illegally. Pink News reports that Prime Minister Boris Johnson has indicated that anyone arriving illegally in the UK after January the 1st will be immediately taken to Rwanda, where they will be encouraged to settle. Sonia Lenigan of Rainbow Migration noted that Rwanda is generally considered to be a homophobic territory, even though same-sex relations are not technically illegal. Human Rights Watch International last year published a report in which it noted Rwandan authorities rounded up and arbitrarily detained over a dozen gay and transgender people, sex workers, street children and others 
in the months before a planned 2021 high-profile international conference. Rainbow Migration is encouraging people to write to their MPs to ask them to oppose the government's proposals. And finally, The Legend is back. A new reboot of Queer as Folk, its third incarnation, will soon be on television screens, produced and transmitted by the Peacock TV network. Media website Digital Spy notes that the programme first appeared... Uh, appeared set in Manchester in 1999 on Britain's Channel 4 network. Written by gay writer Russell T Davies, who would later go on to reboot Doctor Who for the BBC, the original British Queerest Folk launched the career of handsome actor Charlie Hunnam, who portrayed a millennial gay community emerging confidently from the HIV crisis of the 1980s and early 90s. Then, in the early noughties, came a five-season Pittsburgh-based American version of the show, much beloved of many LGBTQI plus people. Now, excitement is building as a new reboot sees the drama focus shifted to New Orleans and Russell T. Davis is back on board. That sounds absolutely amazing. For these news stories and many, many more, we update our website every day. Please visit shoutoutradio.lgbt. For Shoutout News, this has been Ezra Peregrine and Terry Starr. Shoutout News, national and international LGBT news for you. Shout out. LGBT radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. Podcast. Seasons of Love by the cast of Rent. And if you are a fan of Rent and you're accessible to Bristol, Steffi's got an interview for you. Right, if I say rent, you'll know exactly what I mean. And it's not the guy who's knocking on the door for the rent of where you live. It's the the, the rock musical. I, was, I would think it would is, is a rock musical. I'm with the musical director who can tell me whether that's correct or not and the uh, actual director. Um, introduce yourselves. Uh, my name is Barry Austin. And I'm Ashley Powell, being the musical director. Okay, so is it a rock musical? It's technically a rock opera, so that's oh, how it's classed as. That so. sounds classic. <laughs> Controversy. <Yeah. laughs> that sounds much more classy than what I said. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's based on um, La Boheme, which is an opera. Um, so it's basically the same story that was adapted for kind of um, modern times, really. So that's um, all about the bohemian lifestyle and things that fits really well for what Rent is. So, Are you following the, the film quite closely? and the theatre productions that have gone before? Um, I, I think we'd sort of, but not. It's, yeah, we're tr- it's, it, that's the show has an iconic look, so you obviously want to try and make it your own, but there are certain scenes, um, like Seasons of Love, which I think you know, you could, you could, people come and they want to see what they've seen a hundred times before. So there's some great ideas, and we've got a cracking choreographer who's knocking the spots out of it, so you know, I think we're in, we're in great shape. Rehearsals going okay? Yeah, yeah, rehearsals going really well. The cast are really excited. So, um, yeah, we should be good. So, it's, it's, fi- it's nice to finally get her on stage after two years. So Yeah, because we were going to have you on the show, but um, we have to cancel because the lockdown happened. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Um, and we- how do you do the external scenes? Um, the way that we're staging it has multiple levels. Um, and we're also using furniture to add other levels. So when we're doing external scenes and stuff, it will be done by the throw of lights and from people above and people below on the, on the stage as you look at it. So we're playing around with the audience. In, in certain areas, there'll be still moments. In other areas, where we're absolutely just rocking out to everything that we can and there'll be movement wherever they look. So, For people who've been hidden somewhere in a cupboard um, with the lights off, give us a bit of background to the story. 
So Rent follows a group of friends um, in the 90s in New York um, during the AIDS epidemic and um, just kind of living life and trying to get through it. And, um, yeah, it's just a really good narrative of struggling through that period and, I guess, as a biopic, really, and coming together as humans, basically. So, um, And it's just following these group of friends as they go through real life, I guess. So it's a very human story, and I think that's why it's so, so relatable to everyone. Do you keep the characters basically the same, as in whether they're straight, gay? Yeah, 100%. Um, I think you can't change that with this show. I think um, as a gay person myself, like this show really helped me to kind of understand myself, I guess, and kind of I was just... I related so much to lots of things in all these different characters. Um, and, you know, when I was, you know, 16 and I found Ren, it just changed my life and was just completely obsessed, which is why this is such a dream show to kind of finally be working on it. So, yeah. It's quite a complex show, isn't it? It's With lots of, uh, lots of songs yeah. that are quite powerful, yeah. um, but very, very wordy, as all operas do. Um, are the cast struggling a bit with lines or are they finding it okay? They're throwing themselves into it, I think, and um, working really, really hard to kind of deliver what Rent can be. And I think because it's such a special show, um, I think you have to get all of those elements in it to kind of get the story across. So um, they'll have you laughing, they'll have you crying and everything else in between. So. Yeah. Which is good. We like laughing. <laughs> as long as we end up with a laugh. Yes. Because yeah, it is very sad in parts, isn't it? It is. It is very sad. Um, but again, it comes back to that human nature of the show. Um, that, you know, we're, we're all kind of on the same path, going through the same things. And, you know, it's, I think, with what we've gone through over the last two years as well, it's a really good... It, it shows the the ethics and the th- philosophies that are within Rent that we think about um, actually still happens now, to be honest, So, and we can really relate to it after the last two years. So, Now, one of the scenes in, in the film, they're chucking uh, their, their deeds and, and leases out the windows in, in flames. Now, I take it that would be a bit dodgy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, don't, I don't think there's a pyrotechnics licence for this one, so no. <laughs> I think there'll be some paper being thrown around, but it won't be lit. No. <laughs> OK, just checking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, just yeah. checking. Now, where's it going to be and when is it going to be? Um, so it's at the Redgrave Theatre in Clifton, and it's the first week of May. Yep. Okay, okay. Now I guess I just have to say, break a leg. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> right, it didn't rush off. I just hey. got rid. Of, just the exit left with the uh, the two directors. Now I'm with Phil and Lydia Cook. Lydia Cook, <laughs> radio wife number one to me. Absolutely. <laughs> From the breakfast show days. Oh, good old days. Yeah. I love Ren. You, you, you both look really excited to be part of it. Yeah, it's such a great show. I think especially at the moment, as Tick Tick Boom's just come out, it's, uh, there are so many people I'm talking to who know exactly what it is and they're kind of uh, really excited to come and watch it and kind of explore the world of uh, Jonathan Larson and... And uh, I guess bohemian life in New York. What part do you play? I play Mark Cohen, Cohen, who's the narrator, and essentially he's 
kind of the glue that sticks together this uh, dysfunctional friendship group and he uh, kind of breaks the fourth wall between the audience and the show yeah how did you get on riding the bike at the beginning riding the bike <laughs> at the beginning uh, did you come close to the edge <laughs> not really I think you know you cracked okay. it yeah like scrapped on stage <laughs> now, now Lydia you're playing one of my favourite parts Yes, I'm playing Joanne. I cannot wait to play her. Yeah. It's been a long time coming because um, we started this two years ago before you COVID. Did. We were going to have you on Shout Out. Yeah. Um, back just has you had to cancel. Absolutely. So yeah. disappointed. Oh, I was gutted. It was so weird, like having just to stop production so suddenly. But it's so nice to have like come back and be yeah. with Phil and everyone else. So it's really nice. I can't wait. Yeah. Cannot wait. It's nice to see you playing that part because it's a lovely part and you're a lovely person. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, it's such a great part. It's a strong lesbian woman. It's a lawyer. Yeah. and Person yeah. of colour for people listening on the radio. Yes, I'm a person yeah. of colour. Who's playing a person of colour? So it's very yeah. exciting. Well, no! I know. Well, I'll never catch on. I know. Never, never. <laughs> and the fact you might be a little bit gay as I'm well. I'm a big lesbian woman, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't wait because I've never played a lesbian on stage to be honest I always uh, no. yeah not less right. on stage but you played some good parts in the past oh yeah it's been great I had a lot of fun including my sidekick on the breakfast show oh that was so much fun <laughs> wasn't it yeah it was yeah. so much fun Those, yeah I miss our time together yeah it's fantastic I had such a good time back then yeah. it was lovely both of you break a leg thank you very much thank you so much come and see us <laughs> Shout Out. LGBT Radio for you. Hi, I'm Harry Leo, and coming up next on Shout Out Radio is my new single, Misfits, which comes out on April the 29th. If you do like what you hear, please find me on Spotify, TikTok, or Instagram, all under Harry Leo Music. I hope you enjoy and have a great day. The Shout Out Podcast. That's another new track there from Harry Leo. You heard his voice there at the beginning. It's called Misfits. Uh, any, I like that. Uh, yeah, very nice. I can identify with that as a, as a <laughs> misfit. So. Yes, yeah. me too. Aren't we all in some way? I used to wear a brand that is literally called Misfit. Is there? There's a punk group called the Misfits, isn't yes, there? Yes, yeah. there is. Yeah. Yeah. I think there is. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think you think Wonderful. a lot of us have probably been on the outside looking in growing up. Yeah, and still yeah, now, so. I don't mind being here now. This <laughs> <laughs> benefits being outside sometimes. It don't does. forget about the interview that we did. Um, it is going to be going up when our podcast goes up. Oh, yeah, the full the unedited full version, version of That's Tom right. Pryor interview and about the new movie Firebird. Yeah. Um, so listening to that because it goes on for over twenty minutes. So um, yeah, and yeah, he's, he's good to chat to. Yeah. And you need to uh, and, and go and, and see go, the film. So, uh, and he's just <laughs> dropped into the studio. Andy Shieldon's here in the corner. He's like, "Go and see the film. Go and see the film." That's the whole point of it. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. But it made yeah. me cry. It's powerful stuff. It really is. Yeah. Very very moving. And we should just remind people that our website is shoutoutradio.lgbt for for that. And you can listen to all our previous shows as well. You can. That's what it's there for. <laughs> it is. And there's a lot of them. <laughs> I think there's. So, you know, is it five or six years, Andy? Yeah. Uh, eight. Oh, eight, eight, eight years. years. Eight years. Yeah, so I'm rubbish you're at never gonna if, get you, bored. if you listen to ten a day, you'll still be going for a yeah. while. Cancel Netflix <laughs> and Amazon now. We're free. We're free to download. Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah. well, people are well, cancelling about you, you might be free. I charge. Oh, <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. <laughs> 
Yeah, that is wrapping the show for, for another week. Now, don't forget, if you want to hear this again or listen to any of our other shows, you can do so online. Head over to our website, shoutoutradio.lgbt, where you will find our previous shows, just like we just said. Indeed. And next week, we shall be talking to Pride about their uh, headline acts uh, here in, on uh, Shout Out next week. So we look forward to seeing you there from me and the rest of the team. We shall wish you a very safe week. Stay positive, and we'll see you next week. Bye, everyone. Shout out. LGBT Radio for you.